Hi, I'm Lucy James, and I listen to the One Up Gaming podcast. Hi, I'm Keith Allen, and I play Murphy on Z Nation, and I listen to One Up Gaming podcast. And we're here, it's One Up Gaming, it's me David, it's Zach, and it's episode 180 of the One Up Gaming podcast. Yeah. Woo! That sounds like there was more than one person then. <laughs> I, was, I was going for, I was going for like, sort of a, a semi-large studio audience or something. You should have just said... That didn't oh, did sound that, like did that sound wrong? <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like something else. I was going for anyway, a really that's polite... A that's for a different type of podcast. So like golf clapping, a little... Golf clapping? I don't know, I don't do golf. <laughs> but you do golf clapping, and that's that's the important thing. <laughs> yes, that is the main thing. <laughs> so, Zachary. Hi. We will have an audiobook on tape dot com, which includes our, <laughs> which includes our voices. Yes, from from however, like two years ago or whatever. What is it? Is it? Oh, God no! It's right. Do you want me to get this up on on here so I can go into a little bit of detail? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hit me with what, hit me with all the details, the juicy details. The juicy details. Right then. So, let's get this up. It's, it, it hasn't gone live yet. The guy sent over uh, a link to what the page will sort of look like. Right, yeah. Um, don't really have a price yet or anything like that. So, but there is, right, if I load this up change my phone to the side view so I get a better view. We have episodes 1 to 100 of the One Up Gaming podcast. So that's yep. 139 hours and 4 minutes. <laughs> Good luck getting through all of that. Oh my god. We have 27 episodes of wait, wait, wait. OUG Talks. Does that include the infamous episode with... Um, uh, what's that? I forgot the name. Who is it? The one where you asked about the lipstick. <laughs> it probably does, yes. <laughs> yes. Lucy James. Lucy James, that's the one, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I'll buy, I'm going to buy it just for that. 27 episodes of OUG Talks, and that's 19 hours, 53 minutes. Jesus Christ. And we have our exclusive interview with CC, Sans Pants Radio. Mm-hmm. And they're the guys who do Plumbing the Death Star, D&Ds for Nerds, all yeah. those sort of podcasts, and that's 25 minutes long. And that is our audio podcasts on tape. Thing? Yeah. <laughs> so basically, just go to audiobooksontape, all one word, dot com, and search One Up Gaming, or just go to the podcast section, and we should be on there. Hopefully, by Monday the twenty 
21st? Yeah, Monday the 21st. So by the time you're hearing this, we should be live on their website. Ooh. If we're not, I- I'm sorry. <laughs> just, we're just sorry. There's nothing else we can do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, one pound of everything sold, of everything sold, one pound per <laughs> copy sold will go to the Diabetes UK charity. So I had to sign a contract with them as well. It's I tell you what, Zach, do you know how difficult it is to not have a printer or scanner in this day and age? Oh man, you must really struggle. I had to download all the files that needed signing, go into work, beg the boss if I could go onto his PC, because none of the other PCs were able to go onto Hotmail to download the, the document. So I had to go on to the, the main store manager's PC, download the files on his PC, yep. print out the pages, take photos of them with my phone that I've signed, email that back to him. Right. And then it, it was just a whole mess. But, you know. That's, yeah, that sounds awful. Yeah. But yeah, you, you really need to get a printer at least. Printers, kind of, they're, they're pretty, um, what's the word I'm looking for? important there's a lot of printing that goes on i don't know about you though but i used to have a printer before where i think it was like 30 quid and just to get the print change was 35 are you joking so it was cheaper just just, go out and buy a whole new printer can't you just buy like ink cartridges or whatever yeah that's what the 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 were the ink cartridges were 35 pounds yeah actually yeah that sounds right (laughs) that's we got that does sound right you know (laughs) I guess, yeah. But I, I think that's my big reason why I don't really... I don't <laughs> use don't a print at all. But occasionally, I do need them. And it's like, whenever I do need them, the ink's dried up. Yeah, that's the thing about printers. Whenever you whenever you re- we need one, oh, you've run out of black ink. Oh, yeah. Like, all the time. So It's like stocks. Whenever you need them, they're never there. Black ink, whenever you need it, it's never there. <laughs> That's it. I completely was just not even listening to you then. Oh really? Oh okay. That was that was just for the listeners then. Yeah. It's just for you. Not even David heard that one. Just so, you listening to it listening to this. That's for you. I have we have been using Zencaster for a good six months, maybe more. I can't remember now. It's been a while. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's but, been a while. It's been a while. It's like a, a peer-to-peer sort of system where it records the audio files locally and then it puts them together so you can download them all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So basically, imagine Skype where if I was recording at my end, if there's any distortion or signal loss, you record that signal loss. But with Zencaster, you might get a bit of distortion, but the recording is recording both sides locally. So you're getting perfect yeah, audio so any, recording. Any problems, it's, it's with, the problem is with me and my microphone, not necessarily my microphone and your recording software, which yeah. makes everything a lot easier. So Zencaster, they were in beta and we were using that. It was really good. They've now added some new features, whereas before you had to use like Google Hangouts or Skype and use 
Zencast in the background just to record the audio. Whereas now, Zencast have included the feature which we're trying for the first time where you can actually use the Zencaster program like Skype. So hopefully mm-hmm. the whole thing in one package should work quite well. And we've basically, just to give this a try, we've signed up and just clicked on the free version where you get eight hours to use a month, up to two guests. So we're going to give this a go, see if this works. But under the sort of like things I was clicking on, it did say, please mention Zencaster on your podcasts if you're using the free version. <laughs> so here you go. There, there it is. So there you go, Mr. Zencaster. I have mentioned Mr. your product. Mr. Zencaster. Do you think it's I'd the reckon actual guy's it, name? I reckon it's just Zen, and then his surname's Caster. What if his name is Zen Caster? He'd be one of the coolest people ever. <laughs> Mr. Zen. Hi, I'm Zen. I'm Caster. Zen caster. I don't know why he's American. If you can fill for two seconds... Um, knock, knock. Oh, no, wait, that's a two-person thing. Shit. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not very good at filling. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an, an improviser, so I'm just going to complain about the fact that I'm not very good at improvising. I'm, I'm back. Donald Trump's president. No, no, there we go. Josh Nielsen. Oh, is that Mr. Zencaster? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the person who emailed me anyway. Oh, okay. So Representative the... of Mr. Zencaster. Yeah. So I don't know who that is. But anyway, it's a service we've used. It's worked perfectly fine. I always like to make a recording as a backup just in case, because you never know with technology. <laughs> yeah, it feels it works, a lot, doesn't it? It works a lot better than... Pamela for Skype that we used to use years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Because that was a horrible service. <laughs> it w- it had the little red blinking light saying it's recording. And then you'd stop and then it'd just say... No. No, I, I wasn't recording. I was just... <laughs> you know. Trick The amount of three hours we've lost. Oh, it's got to be heartbreaking. Not really, because it was a really bad episode. Oh, okay. I guess so. so. Me and Sean just came back in on the Sunday morning and did a better one. Oh, there you go. See it. Yeah. It's a but, blessing in disguise. In yeah. Anyway, Mr. Zach. Hello. What have you been playing this week? Right. Literally all I do now is play Skyrim. Because Skyrim is, like, the best game ever made. <laughs> so... It's been re-released on, like, all the modern-day consoles. And because I'm a console shit-muncher, I bought it again for the third a time. console shit-muncher? Yeah, console shit-muncher. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the reason I use that term is because I spent £35 on Skyrim for the... What? I bought this the third time I bought it now. Yet, if I have it on PC, which I do... You get the free upgrade. Well, you get it free. <laughs> so, I'm like, just getting messed by the system. I've just been like robbed of £35. Completely legitimately. Does that make sense? Yes, it does, yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but because um, 
it's just the easiest game to play and you get to fight dragons and you get to fuss Rodar people off of mountains and stuff. That's just literally the only game I need in my life, so that's all I play now. And it's fantastic. <laughs> now, I never got into Skyrim. Oh, okay, yeah. I bought it. Mm-hmm. And I walked... Did you play five minutes of it, then go, hey, shit, and then leave I w- it? I walked around, which <laughs> yeah. seemed like very narrow walkways through a forest. And I got to, a, like, a temple sort of thing. It looked like a big well. And then I got told to go somewhere else. I walked further down a little corridor. And I just thought, I thought it was meant to be a big open world, not these little corridors, and I just turned it off. What? What game did you... Are you joking? <laughs> what? <laughs> you can go in Skyrim, you can go anywhere you want, right? It's a it's an open map. It's a free map. For, what, um, I guess I didn't even get past the tutorial. So, the tutorial, when it starts, you're you're a prisoner who's about to get beheaded. Yeah? I have no idea. <laughs> I can't remember. When did it come out? Three, five well, years yeah, ago? No, it's five, it came out in 2011, five years ago. Yeah, so that's when I played it. Yeah. So when you like start, 20 minutes. you get you're a prisoner who's about to get beheaded, beheaded, and then you get rescued by you don't get rescued by a dragon. A dragon attacks and inadvertently saves you from being beheaded, and then you have to run away from it. And then yeah, in I that tutorial, you, there's like a half hour tutorial. Can you actually skip the cutscene? Because I cannot remember that. No, you can't. You have to watch it. I have no idea. Then that sucks. Um, Wait, what's scary is I actually remember. The intro bit for Elder Scrolls Four. Oh, okay, yeah. Where you're in the prison that, cell yeah. and you go through the tunnels underground and yeah, come outside. I remember. I guess. The, I guess. This, I think because Skyrim basically does the exact same thing. It's right. less hard hitting the second time you do it. Yeah. Plus, in the first one, like in or not in the first one, in Oblivion, you're just standing in this prison cell, and then the Emperor comes to visit you. <laughs> that's, I mean, I, that's pretty memorable, to be fair. To be fair, he doesn't come to visit you. He comes no, to... No, he comes to escape. Yeah. <laughs> you happen to be in the cell that's got yeah. the little doorway. Yeah, exactly. And then Patrick is Patrick Stewart, isn't it? Who voices the Emperor. Yeah. It's, like it's the worst Isn't there someone that's Sean Bean one of them? Sean Bean is Martin Septim, who's, yeah, he's the saviour. You go rescue him. From a city who's like, which is like, been overrun by demons and stuff. I, I didn't like that game either. You didn't like Oblivion? Oh my god! To no. be fair, I only played it. That was like the first game I ever played when the 360 came out. Some I went to someone's house and so and they went, "Here's Oblivion." Put a control in my hand and then just went, "Just do it." And I did it, and I was blown away. I was like mind blown over and over and over again. I would have been. 2005? 2006? I think. So I would have been about 12. I don't know. With that one, I wasn't that impressed with it because I used to love Elder Scrolls 3 on the original Xbox. Oh, I see. Yeah. I never played that one. When I played that, yes, it looked nice and shiny, but it was so basic and simple compared. Yeah. I remember... I know that... the. is it more? Was it Morrowind the third one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, from what I hear and what I've seen of it, it's got like a, a much heavier fantasy element to it. There's like, can't, can't you like fast travel on giant 
monsters or something. You can travel from city to city. I can't remember. Like these it's about 15 years ago. Giant floating <laughs> bug things that you can go up to them and you ride them around the world or something. Um, which in itself is crazier than anything in in Oblivion, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I mean, I was enjoying Oblivion until I went into one of the... the where you go into that... I guess it's the Oblivion Gate or whatever. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, the Oblivion Gates, yeah. And I went in that, and it was just all horrible, just hitting people. And it just the combat was so bad. Yeah, it was. A, it's, it's a little clunky, isn't it? It's the same with Skyrim as well. <laughs> it's kind of serviceable. They haven't really changed much over the years, have they? No, they haven't. Absolutely <laughs> not. The biggest change they made recently was making the guns feel like guns in Fallout Four. Hmm. That's the thing, I just play Skyrim because it's just so easy to pick up and play and like when you come home from a hard day's work all you want to do is just go through like a power fantasy or something. So you just boot up Skyrim, fight a dragon, steal a sword from someone or something, annoy a guard. (laughs) Annoy a guard? Yeah, annoy a guard. Not annoy a guard, like go up to them and like hit them with your sword and then they go try to attack you. And then yield. So then they go, oh, we're going to take you to prison. And then you, there's a there's dialogue option that says, I'd rather die. And then I press that and then I run away. <laughs> <laughs> and I have all these guards chasing me. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's just wrong. In fact, I kind of broke the game's kind of uh, story in a way. In, in, uh, for like Skyrim's version of the Fighters Guild, they have um, like a secret lair where the leaders of the guild meet and when you do a few quests you rather quickly become promoted to be allowed to go into this secret chamber. And um, I kind of accidentally, I don't know how it worked but the guards were attacking me for I, I remember it being for no reason, they kind of just glitched out a little bit and I was like, oh, I know, I'll go to the secret temple because they're not supposed to be in there. And I went in there, and when they, went, they followed me in there, we were running around in this little um, thing, and then randomly they stopped chasing me, and they just stand there now. So whenever I go there to visit, I'm just there's just lots of guards standing there in this secret room. And I'm like, it's not my secret room anymore, is it? It's just guards kind of chilling out in this, in this place. And, uh, See, it's just things like that that make me laugh and make me love Skyrim even more. Because it's it's so... Yeah, they say it's like... Uh, what's the the phrase? As wide as an ocean, as deep as a puddle or something. Everything's... There's just so much in it, but it's all so shallow, shallow and it can all be kind of broken in a little in a little way, but I find that fun. And that's why I love Skyrim. Sounds interesting. <laughs> It is. It really is. And then there's the... You can dragon shout people and send them flying. Basically like a force push. And that, yeah. that's, that's endlessly entertaining. And that's and like you see in video games where there's the classic problem of when you have NPCs following you and then they block paths and stuff. Um, you can just f- force shout them and they fly out of the way. <laughs> and then they don't... They just stand up and go, oh, okay. Because they, they know they kind of deserved it because they were blocking a door. <laughs> Skyrim, best game. Anything else other than Skyrim, or is that it? 
Um, that is it. Yeah, that's all I've been playing. Just go. I rewatched the Matrix trilogy the other day. What did you think? <laughs> I thought, is there another part to that question? Or just what did you think? Uh, yeah, what do you think to the just Matrix me. trilogy? Matrix 1 is like an amazing film. Matrix 2 is like, it's okay. It kind of floats between really cool at points and then some of the fight scenes are really bad. Um, the fight scene where he fights like six trillion Agent Smiths in the courtyard is, isn't very good. It doesn't stand up much anymore. Yeah, the CG two, looks really of, bad. Yeah, the CG looks really bad. And it's really jarring going from CG to real characters because they do it. It happens so much and you it it feels awful. Um, and then the third one, the less you say about the third one, the better, to be honest. So the so Matrix One's great, absolutely fantastic. Can't get enough of it. I have the very unpopular opinion. I like it the opposite oh, way around. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> the third one is just so like. You know what it does? It abandons everything that made the Matrix great, and then just goes for full on, just standard sci-fi. I, I think. think that's why I liked it, because I thought oh, okay. the Matrix, the first one, was too slow and ponderous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to be fair, I'd give you that, actually. Like, as a, if you just judge it as a sci-fi film, the third one actually kind of stands up really well, because the, the whole, like, alien... Uh, the whole... Not alien. The machine city fight, or the Zion fight, with all the the guy, the humans in their big robot suits, That's actually, it's actually quite cool. And the CG there is much better than the CG in the fight scenes. I don't understand why. Um, but yeah, when I went in, when you go into the third Matrix film, you're not there because you want to see machines fighting men in machines. You're there because you want to see Neo like slow motion punch someone in the face. And you don't really <laughs> get that, to be honest. I think the third one's more enjoyable than the second one. The second one is. The, you know what the second one is? The second one is a trailer for the third film. That's what it is. <laughs> the, the, the second film is just a... You know what? I didn't even realise this. When I watched it, there's even a trailer at the end of the second film for the third film. I don't know if that's how the, how it was planned or how it was shown well, it in was, cinemas. It was made at the same time, wasn't it? Yeah. They were made back to back. But did, sort of in the, if in the cinema they did that, like they watched the film and at the end of the second film you then get a trailer for the third film, I'd be mad. I would be so mad. Because well, they did that with Back to the Future too, didn't they? They did it with Back to the Future too as well. Um, but the second film doesn't feel like its own contained film. It feels like the, the opening to three, which is not good. Like you can watch like Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers, and that's its own contained story—the story, the story yeah. of them saving Rohan and stuff. Whereas you can't watch the second Matrix film on its own. No, that's the. Like with certain games, in, when they're planned as a trilogy... Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. They just don't quite get... Yeah. Yes, it has to be an over re, overarching story, but each section it has to be to its have, own contained... Yeah, it has to have a little a, story in a beginning and an end. Mass Effect 2 is fantastic for that. Um, but I don't know. I got blown up, then I got reanimated, and that's as far as I got. <laughs> so I, I guess that was just the tutorial again. <laughs> 
you literally played. How can is that? Was that enough for you? Because when I when I got when I died at the beginning, spoiler alert, you die at the beginning. Um, I was like engrossed in it immediately. I was like, it's the best opening to any video game I've ever played. They just killed me. I was I was I was I loved it. I just felt that the taking a lot of the RPG elements out of the original, which was quite good. Yeah, no, they yeah, that's true. And I was just like clicking buttons, like kind of telltale game but at least telltale games you only pay like five quid (laughs) you're not paying 50 quid for it (laughs) i'm trying to think of like another trilogy of games that um i mean i didn't like the dragon age i didn't like dragon age 2 but dragon age 2 is technically its own contained story they all are so that's the best trilogy the best trilogy sonic one two and three (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fair enough fair enough I only played Sonic 1 it was either 1 or 2 I had it in my on my iPad not on my iPad my, my iPod was, the one with the circular trackpad as well was Tails on there or was it just Sonic on his own it was just Sonic it, probably the first one then it was probably the first okay yeah I've had that on my on my iPod it was great £3 I think it cost me <laughs> How did you play on the with the tracky pad thing? Um, I think it was. I think he used the buttons, and then the trackpad was used for something, but I can't remember. I think the middle button was jump. Um, actually, what was the trackpad used as for go? I can't remember. Unless you rotate one way to go forwards and rotate the other way to like yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Go backwards, but yeah, it might have been that. Sounds very complicated. <laughs> it was, yeah. Like all you needed was three buttons, really, don't you? Yeah. Forward, backwards, jump. I guess. Um, but yeah, I get, well, I mean, that's that's all I have to offer, unfortunately. The Matrix and Skyrim. <laughs> so I guess <laughs> I've put in about five, six hours on Watch Dogs Two. Oh, really? Yeah. How is Watch Dogs Two? Because Apparently, it's very good. No. <laughs> it well, it must be. It must be been... It's a good start so far because you haven't played like ten minutes and just not played it again. I, ne- I nearly just turned it off on the second. Oh room. really? Okay. Oh god, yeah. It seems to have been developed by the same people who do the Assassin's Creed games. The character movement is appalling. Oh really? It sort of sticks to things, walks into things. Just has no control over things, and so that's odd because I really liked. I think one of the my favorite things about Watch Dogs. It's going to sound so stupid, but I really liked the way that Aiden Pierce moved. Mm. Like when you when he's standing, he had his hands in his pockets or whatever. His walking animation was really good. <laughs> it really, it looked really cool. I, th- I think I've actually he's got Watch Dogs. I'm actually. Put that on again and remind me because I, I didn't play that much either. I got that was the, the part bought for my PlayStation Four. I didn't buy it. <laughs> 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 I emailed the people and basically said that I'm interested in see what this game is because everyone else goes apeshit and I thought it looked crap. <laughs> and they sent me the copy and goes, "We would love to see your reactions." And I just emailed back saying it was better than I thought, but it's not very good. Fair enough. Did you 
I remember I remember the initial gameplay trailer. Do you remember? Of Watch Dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Did you think that looked good? No, I thought it was really bad. Oh, I thought because I really liked that. I thought it looked really. No, good. that's what I mean. Everyone was going, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" Yeah. I can't remember when it would be, but this is a good plug for our audio books on tape podcast. Somewhere within that, everyone's going apeshit about it, and I was like, "It doesn't look very good." <laughs> you know, so. But yeah, Watch Dogs Two. Continue. Yeah. It. I like it better because of the the upgrading colour. Yeah, they tr- they look like they tried to inject some character because Watch Dogs 1. I hate the characters. Yeah, I thought you were Because they're like millennials, aren't they? Not, well, not. They are well, there's, they there's one guy with a. Annoying. There's one guy that's got like a stupid face mask on that's drunk and eating, but he doesn't take the face mask off. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> how the hell are you meant to. I, d- <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know. It was just—it's just there to annoy me. Yeah. But fair enough. The driving seems okay. The, the camera's a bit loose behind. In Watch Dogs, it was so bad. Do you know, like on Grand Theft Auto, where when you're driving, the the camera's basically snapped behind, kind of like a real racing game. Yeah, yeah. This one, it's behind the car, but if you accidentally hit the the sort of the right stick that's the view, it doesn't really snap back behind you, so you're like... Oh, so it, yeah, it stays, like, skew. Yeah, and oh, it, you sort of, like, drive along trying to work out how to get it back, and you're crashing. <laughs> it's just so annoying. <laughs> I, I guess mean, they've done that because, like... Because you'll be... Uh, when you're driving, you'll, at the same time, be trying to hack things quickly as you're going past them and stuff. Yes. Yeah, so... Because as you're driving... I guess that's a design choice, yeah. You can... Hack other cars, nick people's money. Yeah. Hack roadworks, hack sign the light. Can you still like blow up water mains and stuff? Yes. And the bollards come out of the ground. Yes. Yeah, that was cool. Traffic it, lights. That was cool. Well, when you say hack, you press the triangle yeah, button. I mean, hacks a generous word, isn't it? <laughs> yes, very generous. <laughs> very generous. You activate, if anything. So, can you imagine if like? Because there was a game that came out recently, a couple of months ago, um, on Steam, where the game is li- you. It teaches you a series of commands, and then you like go. F- you're in this like cyberpunk world um, where you're hacking into other people's computers to steal their money, but the screen's just all text. There's no like graphics really. Can you imagine if like in Watch Dogs, <laughs> every time you wanted to hack something. It- like you had to have a keyboard and then type out a series of commands. <laughs> that would be. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I'd like that or hate that. I can't remember what that game was called. I don't know. But do you know what? There was the... a game called Quadrilateral Cowboy, where there was a similar thing where you were supposed to break into houses through like vents and stuff, and you had a little computer and then you had to type in commands to activate things, and that seems quite cool. But I never played it. Do you know what the worst thing about Watch Dogs 2? Um, um, well, I can think of a few things, but go for it. The As you're loading the game up, play through the training mission, get into the group, and then the titles come on saying that this city OS or whatever, they're all nicking people's personal information and the government's selling it off and this, that, the other. Mm-hmm. And your group that you're in 
you have released an app into the world and with everyone that downloads it, you get their information and their more processing power to do stuff. And so basically you're doing the exact same thing as what the bad guys are doing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so you're just using their information in that. In um, Watch Dogs when it was like, well, I guess, no, not the same because in Watch Dogs, you're not fighting anyone really. You're just being a dick. Someone killed my next niece. You could just, yeah, you could just steal money from random people. You do that on this. You can do that on that, but if you've got like an agenda against the government and then you're stealing other people's money, it's like popcorn in the kettle black in it. So that's basically all I've got to say about Watch Dogs <laughs> 2. So I want to talk about the PlayStation VR and some games. Oh, I saw you put some pictures up of you playing it. I saw. <laughs> well, my brother did. Oh, your brother did, yeah. I, I couldn't see a thing. So How is it? If you've got. A pen and paper, or just something you can quickly type some game names on. I will go through a list of games. Okay. I will read out three or four games that I want to talk about quickly, and then you can pick a few games that you want to know more information about. Okay. Right, hang on. Let me get find some kind of... So, as we wait for Zach to find a bit of paper and a pen... Get some talk of the PlayStation VR headset. Why is it whenever you want a piece of paper, it's never anywhere? Right. Are we there, Zach? Yes, I found a like a writing pad so I'll just so it, it shouldn't be too many sort of games to list mm-hmm. so there's Drive Club VR Drive Club VR Rigs yep. Rigs yep. Until Dawn Rush of Blood uh-huh. Here They Lie uh-huh. Battlezone uh-huh. Tumble yep. VR Humble, <laughs> yeah. Batman Arkham VR. Batman. Yep. Playroom VR. Playroom. Yep. Thumper. Thumper. Harmonics okay. Music VR. Harmonics Music. Yep. Wayward Sky. Wayward. Yep. Headmaster. Head. Oh, hello. Hello. Yep. Job Simulator. Job Simulator. My favourite game. I've never replayed really it. It's still my favourite game. Eve Valkyrie. Eve Valkyrie, yep. Loading Human. Pardon? Loading Human. Loading Human? Yeah. Oh, I've not heard of that one. And then these next two are VR movies. So there's Invasion. And uh-huh. Alumeti. Pardon? Yeah, just leave that one out. <laughs> there's the Kitchen Demo. Kitchen, yep. Res Infinite. Res. Uh-huh. And then there was the PlayStation VR demo that had the shark sort of tank and the London heist. Uh-huh. And then there was Sports Bar VR. Sports Bar VR? Yeah. Okay. So, I will talk about... 
Okay. Harmonics Music VR. Mm-hmm. I will talk about Loading Human. Mm-hmm. And Sports Bar VR. Because mm-hmm. they were the games that I got sent and I gave to my brother so we could play them. Mm-hmm. So, harmonics music. Yeah. It's got... I should have my laptop next to me because I've basically wrote a review for it and I've completely forgotten because it's been about a month ago since I played it. Oh, really? <laughs> it's either three or four things. Like, it's completely separate, selectable worlds to go into. The, okay. The first one... It's called The Beach, and you are sat on a beach, and you can look around in full 360. If you look at certain objects, like the sun, and then you select it, all of a sudden it goes all as if you're on LSD, and it all goes freaky. Right, okay. And that's the same, like, you look at the ocean, and you go underwater, and it all goes weird. And then the music just plays in the background as you're just looking around. Right, okay. There's another... Bit where it's basically like a big kaleidoscope. So you're going down the funnel okay. and it's all freaky as hell with the music playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh it's yeah. just drug simulator. Yeah, basically. It's got another one where you actually... There's like four or five characters, like big teddy bears, like big rabbits and stuff. And you can grab their arms or legs and start moving. And then when you let go of them, the arms still move as you were moving. So you can put them in on the dance floor and make them all dance in time to the music. Okay, I'm with you, yeah. And that's just, again, very surreal. And then the last sort of bit in the harmonics music VR is you actually can draw in full 3D and then you can grab it and spin it and draw again and... Okay. And that was pretty cool. But it's not worth 15 quid. Okay. <laughs> it's more of a like if, a VR tech demo. Yeah, yeah. You know, it should have been free. So, moving on to Loading Human. Now, this one, it's a... Like a point-and-click adventure sort of game... But to walk forward, you point the controller towards the camera and press the button to walk. And to walk backwards, you point the the thing behind your shoulder and press the button. Okay. And it is so difficult just to remember what the hell you're doing. (laughs) I guess it's because the controls aren't set... You know, there's no standard for full movement of in VR world yet. Yeah. Different games have different options and different solutions. And I yeah. hope this game's solution does not go forward. You just end up spinning right. around in circles and it's it's one of those games where like you're in a bathroom And you can walk around the bathroom and turn the taps on, pick up the toothpaste, pick up bits and bobs, chuck them around, open the mirror cabinet, turn the bath taps on, walk around, open doors, and it's that sort of game where it's like a little room you can walk around and do stuff. But... Okay. Although the art style looks quite nice, it's... 
I mean, this was just part one. And so I don't know how many parts they're going to do. But I hope they just abandon this and start with something else and learn the mistakes of this game. She's really bad. <laughs> so that's Loading Human. I was hoping you was picking that one because it sound, because it's actually quite good. <laughs> but obviously not. So the last one was Sports Bar VR. And this game is... Do you know those really cheap, nasty games that are on Wii and Connect? Just like sports yeah. compilation sort of games. Yeah. Imagine that, but you're you can you can't walk around. You have to point your controller and like teleport to certain sections of the floor, and then you can look around in full three D. It's got. Okay. I don't know what it's called, but like it's like bowling, but when you let go of the ball, it goes up a little ramp and then there's like a, a target like 10 points 20 points 50 points yeah. ski ball or something yeah it's got that it's got darts it's got pool it's got air hockey I think that's it I can't remember air hockey was good pool was okay when it worked but because you have to hold the trigger on the move controller, move the other move controller back for the power, and then because if you went anywhere near your helmet, which has got lights on, and then the lights on the balls of the controllers, that all of a sudden you went into like a, as if like your character's having a big like epileptic sort of seizure, everything just spazzed out because it right. couldn't work out what the hell was going on. Okay. But I guess that's because it's using technology that's like seven years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, makes sense. But when it worked, it was quite fun to play pool. Darts, I had half an hour, half an hour playing, and my brother played it for about ten minutes. I managed to hit the board twice. <laughs> the dart either <laughs> fell straight to the floor or just completely went somewhere random. I could not work out any skill or anything to throw that dart. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. That's not good. But you could like go behind the bar and chuck pint glasses at the staff and that was quite funny. Oh, okay. Oh, that's worth it, isn't it? Yeah. So that is the game. So uh, out of all them, I would say none of them are worth the money that they're being asked yeah, that seems to be a big sticking point at the moment, doesn't it? Everyone's talking about the fact that everything's too expensive for what they are. But I would say out of them, Sports Bar VR was the best game that I played out of those games. So, okay. Zach, is there anything out of them, the rest, that you would like to know? The only one... Um, I'd like to hear more about Batman. Batman was actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Okay. I mean, um, how much of it have you heard? From what, I mean, from what I understand, it's like, uh, so you, you start as Bruce Wayne, and then you go into the cave, you suit up, then you go out and beat someone up or something. And it's quite, it's more of an experience that you kind of, watch rather than play it's less a game basically a demo 
you don't, you can't move in the world. Yeah. You can point to a location and you teleport to that location, then you've got your full 360 view of, to look around. Okay, yeah. And you basically, your staff is Bruce Wayne, you can look around the manor while Alfred's talking to you, he gives you a key, you play the piano, and then that opens up the thing to open the, to actually go down the chute to the back cave. As you're going down the chute, you actually have to put both arms into a machine to get gloves, and then you okay. get your, your bat belt, and then the helmet and stuff, and you just basically you put your hands out, press the trigger to grab it, and then you just put it onto your chest and let go. Okay. You know, so it, but it's very hit and miss again, because like, sometimes you go to grab it and it doesn't realise you're grabbing anything and it's just a bit glitchy. Yeah. Okay. And then you, you get to the back cave. That's pretty cool, because there's the back computer and you can actually load up, say, Killer Croc. And in front of you, there's a proper life-size Killer Croc person stood there. A computer version of him. And uh, do you know, honestly, what the best thing about the Batman arc and VR, right at the beginning, right at the the beginning of the game, you're stood behind your mum and dad as the person comes and shoots them. Right, you know, as you're a little kid. Yeah. But if you're watching it on the TV screen, you're this little kid and then you get the two adults... It just looks like a normal thing. But when you're playing as the little kid, you're up to like your mum's sort of like waist. So it's like yeah. two massive giants stood over you that you actually mm-hmm. probably have to look up to see. Yeah. And that, just the sense of scale is amazing. Yeah, okay. So yeah, you, that, can, that can be quite. I can understand why that would be quite horrifying, actually. That I mean, sounds cool. I will say Drive Club. I had two laps and I nearly threw up. <laughs> yeah, the drive club. Apparently loads of people are suffering from motion sickness from it. Yeah. Until dawn, rush of blood. It's fun, but the shooting, shooting sort of bits are very basic. Yeah. Um, Battle Zone was really good. That was a good little game. Tumble, that's a good game. It's just an iOS sort of game. With real physics, where you have to stack objects up to a certain height, but because okay. it's in real, you're in a real 3D sort of space. As you're lifting stuff up, you can actually move in like forwards, backwards, left and right, up and down, and and that's quite fun. The playroom was good because a lot of the games you're playing with a VR headset on, and you're seeing from, say, the game is your Godzilla. So as you're playing the game with the heads on, you see the city and the people running and you use your head to smash the buildings. But as you're okay. player two, three or four, you're the little tiny characters on the floor playing in the third person, running away from Godzilla sort of view. Yeah, okay. And that's quite fun. And that was a free download, was the playroom. Thumper, my brother hated, but I got so addicted to it. Okay. Imagine the sort of aesthetic of Wipeout, but it's a rhythm action game. 
So you're on a set path. You can't move left or right. And in time with the music, you either have to hold the trigger down or press the button in time with the music to what's going on on screen. And it's like a proper fast racing game, but it's so good. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Uh, Headmaster was probably the best game that I played. And again, it's just a, such a simple concept. It's like a, you stand still and move your head forwards as someone crosses a football and you try to score a goal. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it is so funny, really funny. Now, Job Simulator... It felt as though you were very tightly enclosed within the table and desk. And that was quite good for the future of VR. Because it actually feels like you are within that space. I mean, when when you go to turn the game off, instead of actually reaching behind you to put the controller on the couch, my brother actually went to put the controller on the desk and he just dropped it on the floor. (laughs) <laughs> you know, because in your head there's a there's a desk in front of you, you but you it's start, yeah, you start thinking, yeah, yeah. So that was quite fun. E Valkyrie. Now that game, I t- it wasn't for me. I mean, there was the oh, what was it? The Call of Duty. They released their VR experience where you're in a fighter jet sort of thing in space. Yeah. And for me, that was just, that was what all you need. It was free. I'm not paying 55 quid mm. for for that. Um, Res Infinite. That was amazing. I loved that game. But I, I, I love Res. Yeah. The kitchen demo, you know what that is, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, that, is that the horror one? Yeah, it's basically it's what Resident Evil is. Yeah. That was quite good. I think it was massively overhyped, because, again, you don't move, you just sit there. It's like an experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the VR demo in the Shark Tank, it weren't very good. I really enjoyed London Heist. You know, like it had, okay, yeah. it had the shooting yeah. range, so and the the hands and shooting seemed really well made together. Okay. And then the two VR movies, they were quite good because it's one of those movies where they look foreign, where it doesn't have any language; they don't talk. You're just watching the performance of the little, and they were all like computer generated. But one of them, it looked like little hand puppets. Not um, not hand puppets, little marionettes sort of thing. Okay. And when you're watching it without the headset and just watching this, the TV, it looked just like a normal, cheap, cartoony sort of movie. But when you had the headset on, you could actually literally lean forward and go around. You could see around corners of the walls and stuff. Oh, okay. And that was really cool to see where on the TV there's these like three millimeter high characters, but in the headset, you can lean right forward and they fill the full screen. Yeah, okay. You know, so. And then there's Rigs. I really enjoyed that as a first person game. The, the mech one? Yeah. 
as Here They Lie. That was good because it's one of those psycho- psychological horror sort of games. It's like a walking simulator, but as you're walking, like, imagine like you're walking down a tunnel, and then all of a sudden it all goes black, then it, as the lights come back on, it's completely changed. Oh, okay, yeah. And so that was really fun, especially with your heads on, it freaks with your mind a bit. Um, that's basically it. But I will just say, the PlayStation VR headset technology, oh my God, it is so cheap and nasty. <laughs> yeah, that's the trade-off, isn't it? It they is. Made it, they made it affordable, but... You say that, that thing is not worth £350. No. This is going to sound bad, but I have a headset that costs six quid that you put your mobile phone into. Yeah. And the mobile phone screen is a higher resolution than the PlayStation VR lenses. Okay. So basically, when you've got the PlayStation VR headset on, Everything is blurry and washed out. Yeah. You know, and... Yes, the technology is pretty cool. But... Then I'd wait for version 2, 3, maybe 4. You know, when they actually get the technology. Yes. Play 2 VR. If they don't do it, they'll make it compatible with, like, the Vive. Because they've, like... The Oculus, they're doing a version two out there. I think they've done. I think they've done multiple. I think they're on version three now. No, the um, they did the the ones prototypes and then they launched with the third oh, one, yeah. which okay. was the, the first retail one. And now they're saying that they yeah. launched. They're getting ready to start production of the version two. So I mean, that's only been out six months or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know if that'll be out next year. So. Is that, what's that like? going to be like every year and a half, a new version? Oh, I don't know. If, I don't know if that would be like sustainable. Do you think that would be sustainable? Having to drop, Maybe like, not. But the, the problem is, that. technology moves that fast. Yeah. It's like phones. It's like, well, people don't need a phone every six months, but there's a new one out every six months. Yeah, then you can like, you can do monthly plans and stuff. Yeah, I know, but with these, it's like, if you've got PlayStation VR... 100 quid, especially with, I mean, Oculus is 600 quid. What's, no, Oculus no. is 300, isn't it? Oculus... Is it the Vive that's 600 Oculus quid? is 500, and Vive's 650 or 700. It's a lot of money. I know, I know, it's really crazy. And there isn't even that many games for it yet, really. No, the all of them... How many times do you think you could replay Batman or... Batman, because uh, for me, I would play it once, and it was proper mind messing up at the end of it. Okay. You know, I mean, I don't know if you want to, any spoilers or what, but I mean, are you ever? No, I want to play. I want to play that one. Right. I'll believe that. <laughs> but like, a lot of these games don't feel like something you would you would play over and over, over no. again, right? I mean, as I said, the oh, only I games that I would. The only one, games one that I've played that I would myself sit and play again is Headmaster and Tumble, or Tumblr, yeah. which they're very basic games, but yeah. you can actually sit there and they're quite fun to do. 
Yeah. In where it's all these so-called, like Batman, where you stand there. Once you've done what it wants you to do, there's no point going that, back. That kind of loses it, yeah. But they've added loads of Riddler challenges, but I, I don't care about any of that. Oh, yeah, no. Once you've done the basic game, that's it. Yeah. So that is my experience with PlayStation VR. Anyone buying want me one for Christmas? Don't bother. <laughs> hmm. I will say one thing, though. My girlfriend will say, oh, do you want one for Christmas? Like, no, I'll just wait until next year and get me the... The Nintendo Switch, and so you hate Nintendo. I said, yeah, but I'd rather have a full console for the same price than just a crappy little headset. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think that will do for this week's um, podcast. We will, before we go, we have an interview with, I'm going to get his name wrong, but it's Chris Molini, and he's the sole developer of Blast Brawl 2. And that'll run for nearly half an hour or so. So, is there anything you'd like to say, Zach, before we go? Um, Skyrim's really good. I don't know if anyone if anyone's heard of it. You know, it's quite a small game. Had a relatively quiet release five years ago. <laughs> if you haven't played it, you should check it out. <laughs> is it any good? Because I heard that the actual PS4 and the Xbox One sort of versions quite ropey and jerky. Um, well, in terms of technically or uh, just frame rate and resolution, just not oh, not yeah, meant to be great. It, it doesn't look great, to be honest, compared to the screenshots that were shown at E3. Oh yeah, it doesn't. They definitely were play, running them on like extreme high end PC on PCs yeah and then scaled it down for uh PS4 and Xbox One um they're okay um I, I've not had mu- much problems with oh no it, it crashes a lot I have to say um I've, I've had five or six crashes with it since it came out which isn't really acceptable it, 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 at most I'm willing to accept one crash but it really shouldn't crash the amount of times it has done. Apart from that, I can't. Rem- I don't remember there being any f- big frame rate drops. So it's okay. It's a decent, decent upgrade. Is it worth the money? I'm assuming you can get it free on PC. F- f- worth? Is it worth thirty-five quid? Um, I don't think it's worth thirty-five quid to be honest. I mean, but I bought it so. <laughs> I guess something a product is is worth what you're willing what you're willing to pay for it, but I think it would probably have been better for about twenty five. I think thirty five is pushing it a little bit. Mm. Um, it's a shame there was no way that they could sort of like check your like any save history or whatever or anything with like your username and yeah and like let you have it for like twenty quid or something. Yeah. Like I said, they did it for they did it for Steam as a free update. Because I mean, um, but that's less that's less work. Like they have to make it again for a console generation from the ground up, basically. No, they don't. Yeah, because they, they would have changed. They'd have, porting from PlayStation 3 to PlayStation Four isn't a copy and paste job, is it? 
they're two different consoles. Well, no, no, no. They'd have just used the PC card. Oh, yeah, they could have. Because they're all just running x86 chips. PCs now, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's worth 35 quid, but I'm I'm the idiot when we bought it day one, so. Day one. I pre ordered it. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you pre order it? Because I wanted it so badly. Yeah, the thing is, I kn- you could I have gone to the shop anyway and bought it even without pre-ordering. Yeah, but then I have to go to a shop. Like I could just come back from work and it's through my postbox. <laughs> uh, <I>, yeah. <laughs> Episode one hundred and eighty. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> We're ending it on that sour note. <laughs> <laughs> we will be back next week. So Ladies I will everyone. chat to whoever's on then. So thanks, Zach. It's all right. And we'll end with our interview with Chris. So thank you all. Episode 180 of the One Up Gaming Podcast. Lovely to see you. Bye bye. (laughs) Do you have trouble sleeping? Tossing and turning all night. Nothing you do seems to help. You're not getting your recommended six to eight hours of sleep each night. Well, now there's a solution. Now there's Fat Cat Fly. With Fat Cat Fly, you'll easily get the sleep that you deserve. Download for free on the iOS App Store, and you're guaranteed to get a good night's sleep with very few side effects, as you help a fluffy kitty eat all the junk food that he wants. Side effects may include sleeplessness and desire for cheeseburgers if erection lasts more than five hours to see a physician. Try Fat Cat Fly today. Visit facebook.com slash fatcatfly, because you deserve a better life. And before we go to the break, I just wanted to mention that we have a competition. If you would like to win Guru Min 3D for the 3DS. Now this is like a full 3D action role-playing game. I think. It's like a maybe an old-fashioned sort of Final Fantasy sort of style game, but in full 3D for the 3DS. We have got a code to give away for a European sort of like enabled device. So if you would like to win this, please just follow us on Twitter, which is at OUG Official, and send us a question that we can read out for next week's show. If we pick your question, we will give you the code. So thank you and good luck. And we're here with the One Up Gaming Podcast. It's me, David, and we've got a special little interviewee chat sort of thing. So I guess I'll just start with the first thing that I always do and just sort of say, please introduce yourself and what do you do? Hi, I'm Chris Molini, uh, the sole person behind Mind's Eye Games. And I recently released Blast Brawl 2 Bloody Boogaloo for uh, Steam and Xbox One. So the game itself... How would you describe it in, like, the elevator sort of pitch? Uh, I would usually say that it's Super Smash Brothers where you die in one hit. And it's also a lot, lot more bloody than that. Now, everyone that listens to this podcast know 
I wouldn't say I hate Nintendo, but they refused to send me games to review because I gave some of their games bad reviews. And one of the games that I got when I got the Wii U was Super Smash Brothers Wii U, whatever the hell it was called. And I hated that game with a passion. And so when you're saying that the game is like Smash Brothers, but with one hit kill. Now I remember a game on the original PlayStation, was it Ten Tenchu? Where it's like a uh, one-on-one samurai fighting game. I think that's Bushido Blade. Oh, is it Bushido Blade? Because I think Tenchu is a stealth Ah, series. yes, yes, you are correct. Yeah, and I loved that game so much just because like, you could be like running around the level for minutes and minutes... Or you could just hit them once and within a second and they're dead. So I like that concept. And I will say, I've had a quick go at the Blast Brawl 2. And for me, although the graphical sort of, well not graphical style, but the side-on view is very Smash Brothers. The game itself, I would not say it plays anything like Smash Brothers it's a lot faster, more fluid and then with, yeah. with, when you just have the one hit sort of kill mechanic I think it's a lot better because Smash Brothers I hit the the meters where it goes up to like 250% damage like, well, that doesn't make sense you know, oh. just, just let me kill them you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I'm a fan of Smash Brothers but I've actually never played Bushido Blade though I have heard of it and People have mentioned that it's kind of similar. I actually uh, started working on Blast Brawl 2 after seeing this game called Samurai Gun, which is very similar, but it had just one character type. And I basically saw it, thought it was cool, but I wanted to add a lots of different characters with different abilities, and it kind of grew from that idea. Yeah, I think that game... Was it also a multiplayer sort of focused game? Yeah, it was a local multiplayer game. I actually saw a giant bomb doing a, like, let's look. Yeah, I, thought it was yeah. Really- I think we got that to review, and unfortunately there was no one online. And it was very hard to sort of play. Yeah, I think that actually, I don't know if it has online or not, but I think it's local only as well. If That's it's the a- big problem with these games, is like... They're really fun in parties, but I know that most people don't have the ability to, like, play with a group of friends. Yeah, so there's a lot of, uh, like, the Xbox One, some of the indie sort of stuff, a lot of them, like, the some of the eight-player sort of focus games, they're amazing when you go to events and you've got a crowd of people. But, I mean, I, I live with just myself and my girlfriend, and she doesn't play games, so... <laughs> Yeah, I was at PAX East in uh, Boston earlier this year, and like everybody was loving it, but you can't really re- uh, recreate that in your home for yeah. most people. So, getting back to your game, you say you're the sole developer. Yep, uh, coder and artist. That's pretty sweet, so you don't have to share the check with anyone else. Yep, thanks man. <laughs> so, the... I guess with this being called Blast Brawl 2, there was an original game. Kind of. Um, So, like, three years... I've been working on this game for three years because three years ago, senior year of college, Christmas break, I wanted to take a break from my other game project, which I have stopped working on since then, and I wanted to do a quick little game over, like, a month or two. And then I saw Samurai Gun, thought it looked cool, but I could do it quickly, so that's what started this. 
Then uh, a few months later, our, my dorm burned down in a fire and I lost my computer and everything, including all the backups of the game. So I basically had to start over and I decided to just call it the sequel. Right. <laughs> so I, I know a lot of these sort of games just start off as like flash sort of games and then they get like a proper like remake sort of redo on so i guess with with your game so would it have been a very similar sort of game that you just carried on or did you change the style of of anything it was pretty similar some of the uh like characters are basically i just remade them but i just tried to do everything sort of bigger and better and like because i already had like the prototype so i decided to just now i know where i'm going so i could kind of do things a little more specifically yeah, um, I mean, with some of the characters that I've unlocked, I mean, I th- was there two to start with? Uh, first character I ever made was the ninja, and I f- finished him in about a week, and I was like, okay, this is fun. And then I made all the other characters to kind of, like, change up the, like, general concept. But yeah, so I started out with the character, the ninja and the sniper, for a long time. Yeah, because I think I've unlocked the sniper. That character is quite fun to play. Awesome. And then as when you first load the game up, I think there's two playable to start with. Yeah, the uh, warrior and the brawler. Yeah, the I warrior. I those two last. The warrior. The most I'm not a big fan of the warrior. Is that the one with the sword? Yeah, you. she is a lot slower, but you can do certain tricks with her. Uh, mm. Like, you can dash, and then it speeds up your first attack, so you kind of want to charge into fights. But, uh... Brawler might be a bit easier to pick up from the get-go. Yeah, I love the brawler just running in and punching him into bits. And the shotgun, that was fun as well. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> One of the things I kind of want to do is... Um, I want to add a lot more to the game, so going to be working on stuff quite a while still. But I wanted to add uh, sort of different uh, equipment options so you could change a little bit of their moveset. And you can kind of see some of the UI for that uh, in the menus. But I kind of want to give it so the, you can change it from the warrior or brawler getting a shotgun to him getting, say, like a rocket launcher. That's a lot slower, but fires a longer projectile. And each character would have a different couple options like that. Yeah, and I was just thinking, going back to the Smash Brothers sort of, have you thought about adding in some of the... Because I know a couple of the earlier Smash Brothers, they had like simple platform, like, single-player modes. Yeah, I have thought about that a lot, because once I finish the first set of basic content updates, each with, like, a character and a region of levels, uh, I kind of want to either try to do online, which would be really hard, and because uh, for a variety of reasons, or I want to add single-player stuff. And I'm leaning, leaning towards adding, like, a single-player co-op story mode, which would be kind of like that. Yeah, because I mean, as you said before, a lot of, and I do mean a lot of these multiplayer-focused games, they generally come out, and sometimes there's like a big buzz about them, but there's not many that last a couple of weeks. Yep. You know, which it's not nice to say, but unfortunately that's what these sort of games are like. Yeah, I know. So I think, it, for me personally... Even if it's just like a, a rather simple, just using the background of what's available, 
adding, you know, spreading it out. Because the character movement and the moves, they'd all be perfect for that sort of fast twitch platform sort of movements. Yeah, yeah. that's def- I definitely want to do that. I've kind of been thinking of something like uh, Super Meat Boy, but with a lot more fighting instead of platforming. <laughs> Just not as hard. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe as hard. <laughs> oh. So... The game itself, it's in early access on Steam. Yep. So how hard was it to get it into early access? Um, uh, in terms of development or just getting it onto the markets? getting it actually onto the, the store. Uh, Greenlight was actually fairly easy for me. Um, I just sort of, well, I basically just had it up and then after a certain point they reached out to me. I don't know if there's like a specific algorithm they use where it's automated or if they just sort of, like, browse the games that I votes, but they Steam just sort of reached out to me once I was on Greenlight, and they let me onto the store. Xbox was a lot more involved process, and I had to do an application and send them a build of the game. But uh, once I got that all figured out, they sort of uh, helped me get on board pretty uh, quickly. So will you be doing the updates for both Xbox and PC at the same time? Yep, uh, this mon- uh, Wednesday, so the 16th, I'm actually tr- going to be submitting the build to Microsoft for approval. Because uh, that's kind of the bottleneck. I have to make sure it passes their certification process every time I do a change. And I'm not sure, but I could have sworn Microsoft said with the launch of the Xbox One, they were no longer charging for updates. Is that correct? Um, I think so. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Cause, I, mean, I don't think they charge anymore, because I already scheduled it and they didn't talk about that. Yeah, because yeah. I'm almost certain on the Xbox 360, your first update was free, your next update was $30,000. Oh, I hope they don't still do that. And I, I know that they have uh, have the game preview system, which kind of implies a lot of updates, so I think they've backed off on that, because I do think I remember what you're talking about. I haven't heard of them telling me I'm going to need to pay in the future, so... Yeah, I think, I think it was because Sony, they didn't charge, but at the time, Microsoft were the dominating sort of like console, but now it's they've had to backtrack on a lot of their sort of policies. Well, we'll uh, <laughs> if that happens, I guess I will just have a very behind Xbox version, and right. we'll cross that bridge when we come to that. I don't think they still do that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm almost certain that, that that was one of the things they announced, that they were going to scrap the pay to do the update. Yeah, because and... that's kind of stupid, but... <laughs> I mean, um... I can understand from their point of view, it's like, we want you to release the game finished, and you, we give you the first update for free in case something is bust. And they also have to pay the people who do all the testing for each update. Yeah. So I guess they just folded that into the general uh, console teams. So at the moment, what is within the game itself? What is included if someone buys it today? Right now, it is definitely intended to be a party game. So you really, if you want to get the full uh, experience out of it, you should really have a group of friends you're playing with. Um. Because you might find it a little sparse if you just try to do stuff single-player. So there's currently seven different characters that are all very different, very uh, 
powerful and cool once you get to know how to use them. And then there's a bunch of different levels for you to fight your friends on. There's also a single-player and co-op wave mode where you fight a bunch of really intense enemies uh, to a pretty rockin' soundtrack, if I do say so myself. Yes, I was quite surprised at how good the soundtrack was. Yeah, I've uh, reached out to a bunch of people who do uh, Synthwave, which is like kind of 80s-style synth movie soundtrack-inspired stuff. And I actually managed to uh, get a lot of them to put their tracks in the game, and you can check them out in the menus and sort of see a list of all their stuff and get links to their other music if you want to listen to And I will say that the somewhat sparse and simple intro was quite funny. Thanks. You know, (laughs) so I pulled you into the game just so you know what's going on. Yeah, I got some uh, complaints that people didn't really understand the backstory, so hopefully if I do uh, single-player stuff, I can add little cinematics in the levels, kind of the same style. Yeah, so... Who is your favorite character to play as? Probably the ninja. I mean, it's been the one that I've played for the longest by far, and it's he's just very responsive. So if you know what you're doing, you can pretty much do anything in the game with him. And who's the worst? I think they're all pretty good. I am the worst with the pirate. Right. Like I say, I will be putting a lot more time into it. I've just come back off a, a week's holiday, so... Oh, nice. I, yeah, I'd get your friends together if you can. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be quite fun to get around and just kill people. <laughs> it's always fun. So, is there any sort of dates in mind where the game would be what you would call finished? Um, I'm hoping to get a, like four different updates out, hopefully taking about a month with each. And I'm pretty much done with the first one. After that, I will probably tackle story mode levels. And I don't really know how long that will take me, because I'd like to add a series of like probably about ten levels per region and maybe a couple of bosses. So that'll take a lot of work. So hopefully next year it'll be done. Sounds good. Yeah. Because from what I've played, I am very interested to see where the game sort of goes moving forward. Because I honestly do think the movement of the characters and the actual the physicality of the one-hit kills is perfect. And as I say, I'd just like to see where the game builds up and what new things are added to extend the game's life. I have a particular vision. I really hope I can do it, because if I can, it'd be really cool. Um, I kind of want to make it like uh, a Metroidvania where you fight bosses and go through different levels and stuff, but with like Super Meat Boy-style levels that are sort of quick and visceral. But uh, I'm really hoping I can get that done, but first I just want to sort of flesh out what is there to where it's just the local multiplayer version of Blast Brawl is basically done and then try to add a bunch of single-player stuff. Sounds really good. So the game so, itself, uh, I'm looking on here, it's saying it's about $15? Yep. 
And will you be doing any sort of promotions with each update? Or, you know, like, maybe lowering the price a little bit just to entice more people in? Probably I will. Um, It's going to set all that stuff up. I need to make a trailer for the first update. So once I start working on that, I'll figure out the whole update. Um, Shazam stuff. So the game... So... Minds I Games, is yep. that literally just you? Yes. <laughs> so where did that name come from? Um, I don't know. I think back in high school, I was working on a bunch of projects and wanted to get a website together. So I just decided to go for uh, Minds I Games, and this is the first thing that's actually come out for sale from it. Because like, I don't want to sound negative, but the the logo for it looks very basic. <laughs> um, I mean, I am the only guy behind it. I'm not really a UI designer. I think I can do the graphics well, but my UI's talents are kind of lacking. I think. Because I, I was gonna say that the characters, considering that they are minimalist sort of character designs, they look really nice, and. The the logo was just a little bit weird, you know. It was just the Blast Brawl two logo. No, not the Blast the Blast Brawl two. Just the the Mind's Eye game sort of logo. The Blast Blast Brawl that looks okay. It was just the when the game loads up and it's because like Mind's Eye games. It just looks as you probably designed it, just as you were leaving sort of like college. It just it does look like something from. Uh, a young, sort of like, well, mid, uh, early 20s sort of person. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I might try to uh, spice it up in the future. Got to get all the content out first, though. That's where I'm prioritizing my time. Yeah, totally agree. Get the, the game, get the features, and hopefully build. Yep. So... You're saying this is the first thing available from you to actually physically buy? Yes. Well, digitally buy. Right. The main Uh, thing I worked on before was a little 2D game engine, which was more of a programming project for me than an actual product. So yeah, this is my first game. And how has it been working? Who was easier to work with? The Steam sort of like, to get it up on Steam or to get it up on the Xbox? Definitely Steam. Um, the biggest thing with Xbox is that they have a certification process where they have to sort of like check that you do everything that they want you to do, like manage user accounts a certain way, like deal with encrypt user data, all sorts of these text technical things. And it's totally understandable that they make you do it because they have a whole like ecosystem you need to exist in. But it's really like difficult and tedious to get through. I'd actually submit the game four different times. And each uh, time was like about like two weeks round trip before they gave me a yes or a no. So it took me a few months just to get it uh, ready for Xbox. Yeah, I yeah. totally understand how frustrating that is. I mean, like a few, well, basically a year ago, we tried to do a Guinness World Record. And if you submit your application to them, it's free, but it takes them three months to reply. Oh, wow. Or you can pay $2,000 and get a reply within three working days. 
which I think yeah, is quite wrong. Just, <laughs> that makes sense, but yeah, that's just awful. Yeah. yeah. And that's for any email. So like, you could ask them a question, and it takes them up to three months to reply. And then you have to sort of say, oh, do you mean oh, this? Wow. And then they take another three months. Yeesh. And it's quite that's, bad. Yeah, that's bad. But anyway, that's me morning. What was the Guinness World Record you were uh, trying to do? We, we tried to do a... Um, it was just like a webcast, sort of like a stream for 60 hours. Oh, was that? Wow, that's a record? At the time, the record was 30 hours. We did 55, but by the time we emailed them all the documents and then they emailed us back, it's now like 100 and some hours. And then, like, you were guys were, I assume, taking turns, like, it's longest stream with a person? Wow, that's really long. How it worked, we were meant to, I mean, we went to a Sega studio in London, and they allowed us to have one of the their rooms for the weekend for free, and I basically got in, I had to leave Glasgow, fly down to London, so I had no sleep the night before because I was packing up all the equipment, got down to London in the morning, managed to get to the Sega studio, set everything up for about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. The rest of the team turned up about 6 o'clock in the evening, and we went live at 8 o'clock in that evening. And we went right the way through. The rest of the team left, and I was there on my own until about 3 o'clock Sunday morning. Oh, wow. And I just sort of... I, I can't do this anymore. I, I was just... I can't describe how I I literally had about six coffees in a row and I still couldn't keep my eyes open. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, so I was really. I would bad. not have made it like half as long. I can't pull all nighters. I mean, it it sounded quite Dang. good being in there, but it was winter and there was no heating in the in the evening, <laughs> so it was absolutely freezing. We had our coats on. And, oh, it was so bad. Dang. Next and time. And didn't get the world record? That's really yeah. unfortunate. But, I mean, if we ever do things, like, next time, we will literally do two or four-hour shifts each. Yeah, um, I just can't imagine otherwise. But, yeah, I mean, there's bits on, on our YouTube channel where I'm sat there on my own. I've just do an interview with someone over Skype, so someone to keep me mind-occupied. And then I finish that, and then I start playing a game. And you can just see me in the corner, just literally sat up, and I just keep falling asleep every few seconds. And it was just... It was nasty. Oh. So, and then I had to pack all the equipment up, get the train at 8 in the morning, get the plane at 11 o'clock in the morning, get all the way to Glasgow for 3 in the afternoon, get back home for about six in the evening and that was like three days with about two hours sleep I can't imagine that yeah my body was broken I'm glad you're still with us <laughs> but yeah that was it's fun I, I love doing things like that it's all for charity at the end of the day nice so anyway anyway <laughs> <laughs> less about me so Blast Brawl 2 Bloody Boogaloo. Yep. 
That's a great name. It took me a long time to come up with one. I just, just I honestly like thought about it for weeks, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll just make a joke about sequelitis." Then it just went from there. So the game is available to buy now on both Steam Early Access and the Xbox One. Yep. But as you say, they are still early access, and you will be updating the game as moving forward. Yes. So it would be nice if people go out there and buy the game, but please don't shout and rave that it's only got so many levels or so many characters. It is still early access, and it yes, will get more, expanded. more stuff to do will be uh, added to it over time. Yeah, because I was reading some... I mean, to me, it's... People should be doing previews, but I've read some reviews, and they're just saying, you know, it doesn't have enough content, it doesn't have this... It's, it's early access. It's not the finished game. It's different if the game comes out in a finished state and it doesn't have all the features needed. But that's just me. Yeah, well, I hope that uh, they'll take a second look once other uh, stuff comes out. But, uh, yeah, I just really, I just want to make a fun game that people like. And uh, I've been happy overall with the response because... Uh, I think most people have been saying, despite the lack of content, if that's a problem, that they still like the game. So, I feel pretty good about that. And you have to thank your whoever you got to do the PR, you know, to send out to sort of say the games available and to send out review codes, things like that. Because when I was talking to them, they were basically saying that you're the greatest developer going at the moment. So. Uh, I don't know about that, but yeah, no, they've, uh, Novi, they've been really great to work with, and I've uh, been happy with what they've been up to. Yeah. And I blush every time I read them say stuff like that. <laughs> no, but, I mean, it's one of those things where you do have to big yourself up, otherwise other people won't. I don't know, I'm bad at selling myself. I always have been. So hopefully the game will get a good audience on the sort of like Twitch sort of streams because I do think this sort of game the fast frantic sort of gameplay is perfect for that sort of viewing yeah I hope people uh, play it and like it so I will say thank you so much for your time it's been half an hour yeah thank you for uh, having me on it's not a problem so thank you so much and People, please go out and buy Chris's game. I recommend it. But yeah, <laughs> uh, thanks. Have a good rest of your Saturday. Thank you. Same to you. Hey guys, Justin here. I just wanted to say that I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about you a lot. Yes, you in particular, in that way. And I wanted to say, I think you're great. I've always said that about you. And I was wondering, if you think we're great... If you could give us a quick rating on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. It would really, really help us out in that, you know, podcasty sort of way. And if you're feeling particularly festive, perhaps even a little saucy, maybe stop by our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash O-U-G and see if you can't slip a few bucks our way. After all, every little penny or whatever space money they use in Europe helps out the show. Thanks for listening. O-U-G Gaming will always be free, but... With your support, we can always move forward and always be better.